0: A consultation, a piece of advisory work will often start with one animal that's presented, whether that be a calving difficulty, whether it being a a sick calf, whether it being a cow with a leftist-based abomination. That may be the entry point, but I think a key skill is recognising that that is the entry point. It's not about that animal. It's about the bigger picture. Welcome to the Vet
1: Times podcast, a concise, weekly, topical, clinical podcast from the people behind Vet Times. Life as a farm vet can be challenging, but ultimately very satisfying, with good communication extremely important. Owen Atkinson, a farm vet and consultant, joins the Vet Times podcast to offer insight into communication with farm clients and explains the magic question game. How are things to you, Owen? Yeah good Paul thanks yeah yeah very good. So um, it's a fairly obvious question but how key is good communication in farm animal practice? What are the obvious ways in which it can
0: differ to companion animal practice? Communication is becoming more and more sort of in the focus for for, for farm animal vets although it's always been important and, and it's important as it is for, for, for companion animal practice and I was trying to think about what differences there are between companion animal practice and farm animal practice and there's probably as many similarities as there are differences but some of the differences may be that With a farm and vet relationship, it tends to be more involved. It's over a longer period of time. It's not limited to just one or two consultations. There may be a a friend element to it, a personal sort of friendship element to it, which can complicate the communication, actually. Maybe it is also more of a business-to-business relationship compared to a companion animal client and a vet, where the companion animal client comes to the vet as the expert, and the vet kind of wears that expert hat. This is, I would say, a more equal relationship, I think, between farmer and farm vet. And it may be more complex because of that, involving strategy, data analysis, teamwork with the wider farm team, et cetera. So some differences and some similarities, too. Sure, sure.
1: Um, and you should just mention for our listeners that you've written an article in issue 23 coaching skills for farm vets, an excellent article. And within that, you discuss a concept called the magic question game. Can you tell us a bit about what this is and how it can help in communication?
0: Yes, the magic question game is a game I kind of invented, but came about from some coaching and communication training that I've undertaken myself and and notably with Aberystwyth University, part of an agri-coms course that I've been undertaking. And it enables uh, people to practice their questioning skills but also their listening skills so the magic question game is basically you, uh, you you have a volunteer who is the problem holder but they don't tell what their problem is and everyone else in the group has to try and help that person solve their problems just by asking questions purely by asking questions and listening to the response now the response is is kept secret again the response is just a number one to ten where one the question wasn't very useful ten the question was very valuable, and so that enables the questioners to tune into the valuable questions, and 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 then try and help the um, the problem holder to solve their own problem. So what's amazing about it is that you can you can solve people's problems without even knowing what it is and without even understanding what the answers to your questions are. But just by simply asking questions and honouring the problem holder, listening carefully and observing from their body language how they're behaving to the questions that you, you provide. Sure. And it's the aim to try and ensure that you're asking very
1: open questions rather than very closed yes, no type questions.
0: Well, yes. I mean, I, I guess that's one of the early learnings from playing the game is very quickly, if you don't know what the problem is, there's no point in asking a closed question because it doesn't get you anywhere. You know, you say, is this question worrying you? yes <laughs> you know where, yes. where does that where does that get you whereas if you ask a, a more open question um which is you know the how the why the what the when um then th- then it tends to be a more useful question which which gets a higher score from the problem holder so so yeah it, it's a very good way to learn that open questions are the way to go
1: sure and so obviously this can be built into everyday communications between farm vets and farmers
0: yes the article describes how the question game could be used to sort yeah. of um, improve coaching skills for a farm vet. I mean, the great thing about communication is, is it can be practiced all the time. I, I mean, my poor kids, I, I'm always practicing <laughs> practicing different question techniques and open questions with them and, and so on. And, and, they, and they know when I'm doing it, so they yes. can wind me up. But um, yes, it, it is all about practicing. And I think, as I sort of indicated before, it's not just actually asking the questions. It's the practicing to tune in to how the other person is responding to those questions, not just what they say, but how they react, because that really helps tune the next question to to ask Yes, um, that, that you think is going to be useful. So getting visual audio cues from them, really. Yeah, very much the visual cues. It's reading people's body language as much as listening to what they're saying and really concentrating on that response. For example, one of the dangers I think that I find myself in is thinking ahead of what the next question I want to ask. And of course, if I'm doing that, I'm not really concentrating enough on the response. So that's a habit forming thing is trying to be disciplined, not to be thinking about the next question, but to tune into the question that's being responded to. Got you. Are there different key attributes that
1: make a great farm vet? And what would you say they are? Does it take a particular temperament to go into
0: farm vetting? Oh, that's an interesting question, Paul. Um, gosh, I guess farm vets are a fairly broad church. You know, I, I, I don't know if there is a single type. Certainly, I'm not going to try and compare between companion animal vets because it's not my field of expertise. So I won't. I'll just concentrate on on what makes a good farm vet and perhaps other vets can decide whether or not there's a crossover there. But being interested in people has to be very, very high up on the list because it is such a people job. It is such a people job. It helps to have an interest in business as well, probably, because it is the business to business relationship and understanding farm business is a real attribute for a farm vet. The animal stuff I'm going to take as given, you know, the knowledge and the understanding about ill animals and sick animals. We'll, we'll take that as a given and being able to work with animals and liking working with animals and having respect and empathy for animals. Let's say that's a given. Um, data analysis is quite an important part of being a farm animal vet and being able to see the bigger picture all the time is a really important part of being a farm animal vet. So not actually getting too focused on the individual animal. A, a consultation, uh, a piece of advisory work will often start with one animal that's presented, whether that be a calving difficulty, whether it being a, a sick calf, whether it being a cow with a leftist-based abomination. That may be the entry point, but I think a key skill is recognising that that is the entry point. It's not about that animal. It's about the bigger picture. Is the system right? How can we stop that happening again for another animal on this farm? How can we help the farmer make some changes that are going to benefit his herd in the future, not just today, and the business and make this a sustainable business? Yeah. So there's a few, there's yes. a few attributes. Absolutely.
1: So whatever are the areas where you got the most out of it yourself when you were working on farm and now in your consultancy role across both sides, really? Where are the sort of areas that you gain the most satisfaction?
0: Um, I guess as my career has progressed, I've got more satisfaction out of the people side of things. I mean, you know, I've been working now in practice for, um, when did I qualify? 1994, So what was that, 25 years plus, isn't it? And in the early years, it was all about honing my clinical skills, I guess, getting more confident in that area. I've been really interested in the pharma vet communication side of things for over a decade. I did a Nuffield travel scholarship in 2010, looking at that pharma-vet relationship and communication and knowledge transfer. And that really sort of leapfrogged me forwards, I guess, in developing a greater interest in this area. So my greatest satisfaction actually is in the communication side of things now, Paul, mm. whether that be working with farmers one-to-one and and really seeing now that I'm more, I know I'm more effective now than mm. I used to be. Farmers are doing, they don't always listen to me. Of course they don't. They don't always do what I want them to do. Of course they don't. But I understand when they don't, why they don't. Mm. And I yeah. I've, well, I definitely have more success now, I think, in farmers making positive changes. And then I also take great satisfaction in helping other vets develop these skills for themselves as well. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really fortunate with my job, Paul. I, I've got mm-hmm. a very varied career. I still love my work on farm. I love my work with cows. I love working with farmers. But I do quite a lot of training now within the vet sphere, within the vet professionals, and also other dairy professionals that are non-vets. And I really enjoy that as well, that sort of people-to-people training and development.
1: I guess the collaboration that you all have and working towards a common good and getting a farmer on side and to agree to the common course of action, I guess, very, very satisfying.
0: Yeah, really satisfying. You need to be a bit patient in this game because some of the changes don't happen overnight. But it is so satisfying to see farms and farm businesses that have really moved forwards with input that I've been able to provide over the years and just see a better farm and and see healthier cows and happier people. It is incredibly satisfying. So, I feel very fortunate to do the job I do, really. Fantastic. Well, we'll leave it there on a
1: real positive. And uh, yeah, excellent. Thanks so much for joining us, Owen. That's terrific. Thanks for joining us.
0: It's been a pleasure, Paul. You can tell it's a subject I love talking about. I could talk for a long time about it if I'm allowed to, but that's been great. Thanks a lot for inviting me for this. Really enjoyed it. No problem at all. That's it for Vet Times Podcast this
1: time. Thanks to our guest. If you like what you've heard, tell your friends and leave us a review on iTunes. But for now, thanks for listening. See you next time.